Welcome aboard this special episode of Disney Conversations. In this episode, we'll continue the conversation of Would You Pay For That? with our special guest panel that included Barbara Janicek, Jeanette Pellegrini, and Joe Pardo. This episode is longer than I usually prefer, but the reason will present itself soon. Our journey will begin in just a moment. Welcome to Disney Conversations, a Disney fan podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Wallace. Disney Conversations is sponsored by Magical Matthew Travel. At Magical Matthew Travel, we specialize in all of your Disney destination planning. Contact us today at magical underscore Matthew at outlook.com for your free, no obligation quote to your favorite Disney destination. Magical Matthew Travel is a proud affiliate of the Travel Quest Network. All right, Barb, this next one's for you. Well, your husband, right. anyhow. The Galactic Star, Star Cruiser Halcyon. It's going to be a two night experience. It will include meals. They have a long itinerary attached to this, along with a short visit to Batu. The projected cost for two adults is $4,809 for a two-night experience. Joe, I'm going to let you start this one. So I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan. Um, I like it. In fact, I, I, I'm watching it back now with my, my daughter uh, and my son in, in pieces. Uh, it, it actually... I've enjoying it more than I ever did uh, prior. Um, that's an awful lot of money, and and we all know that that's the base price. Like you know, out of the gate, the lowest of the lowest. Let's you know get people hooked in, and then um, as a as a look. I mean, look, they can always offer discounts, uh, and they and they very well may have to. I mean, they have a hundred rooms there, uh, but. I mean, I, obviously that's intentional. They didn't want it to not be sold out. And I guess they figured at a hundred rooms that they could literally give them away at the worst case scenario and, and still have a, you know, not all of them obviously, but give away enough to get it to, to be at least filled. So nobody's paying for it and shows up and like, why am I the only person here? <laughs> am I the only, am I the only person that paid $4,000, you know, for, for two people? Um, I, you know, I, I think, I mean, Disney's done a ton of research into figuring out that uh, when you compare it to like a, a cruise or something to that effect, but a cruise takes you somewhere. Like I could take that four grand and like be well on my way to maybe not a Disney cruise, but a Royal Caribbean cruise yeah. uh, in Alaska, right? What is that? Like five, five grand, six grand, like, and that's a legit, you know, legit going somewhere for for like, I don't know, seven to 10 days or something like that. So, and, and I might be off with the pricing, but even still, like there's a lot of cruises. In between. There's a lot of things you could do with that money in between uh, going to Alaska on a cruise and, uh, and, and going on the Halcyon. Uh, you know, hearing about the schedule, uh, I, 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 man, I don't know if that's real or not, but it just seems so boring. I think that the total tally of, time was uh they talked about on uh 
on um, the Disney Dish podcast, like it totaled like two hours and 10 minutes of quote unquote story time mm-hmm. uh, events over the course of two days. And a lot wow, of it is centered that. around that that card game that they put. I forget what the card Sabak. game, maybe some Sabak, Sabak. right? Right. Well, when you put Bob Chapek, who's in charge, you know, was in charge of merchandising, uh, it makes a lot of sense. Like, hey, we get people hooked on this thing. If we got a winner on our hands, then all of a sudden, you know, people are going to be buying their stock decks and bringing it back home and getting other people to buy them. And we'll get in the cards, you know, the hobby shops and things. And, you know, it'll blow up. You know, it'll be awesome for whatever hobby shops are left in the world. But, sorry. <laughs> You know, the Amazons of the world and Disney, you know, hey, well, all the Disney stores closed. So Disney.store.com or whatever is the only way to get it now. But I, you know, I, I personally couldn't see spending that kind of money uh, for it unless, it, you know, the people that come back off of it are like, whoa, this was like a complete game changer um it was an amazing experience and you know i applaud disney for trying something different i i think that from a story you know as a as a creative you know person myself and 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 all that like i don't see how you could get uh like 400 people in a room and have them be a part of an experience that's that personalized unless they were kind of free to roam like when we heard about the uh, you know the original like concepts and stuff it's like oh you're gonna go on like a um, kind of like what the the pirate thing that they had in in the Magic Kingdom, or the uh, what's the the other card game where you hold things up to it's like a, a mirror? Oh, Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom. Kingdom. Yeah. yeah, like you do something like that on a on a bigger scale, like it, you know. But again, you're talking about like 400 people or so in a I, in a hotel. Like that's I a lot of cross. I think cross contamination breaking- there. They're breaking it up though. So it'll probably be like groups of 10 or 20 or something like that, like small groups and they're doing, you know, different things. So while I'm doing rise of the resistance, you're doing um, the millennium Falcon and Barbara's playing the Sabak game and Matt's building a lightsaber. And then, you know, an hour later we switch, you know, and then I move on to the lightsaber and everybody switches to the next thing. So, I mean, it's not going to be all 400 people at once doing the same thing. Cause then that's just ridiculous. I think um, if you're not, my, my final take is if you're not a super star Wars fan, then this is super probably not for you. And oh, I think that's going to ultimately absolutely. bite yeah. them in the butt <laughs> in the, in yep. the long run. Cause there's only so many times that people, unless they can craft that many experiences to have people come back and be able to have them like choose their own adventure now i I will say this we went to great wolf lodge just a couple weeks ago and they have their own like sorcery game thing that you run around the whole hotel and play and you like you buy the wine i think i ended up spending like 50 dollars to play this game with you and we got two wands and the book and and all that stuff and it was cool like the kids really loved it like all of the different you know touch points with the wand each had their own like uh, screen or their own audio that they played and they had to go, you know, complete these quests. And it was just a lot of up and down. (laughs) You know, it was a good way to get your steps in, in the hotel. That's for, that's for sure. But, um, but even that, I mean, that's cool. Like, I mean, I think for for two nights there with the water park, we spent 400 bucks with (laughs) the before food, which when we paid food, you know, it was probably like, five fifty six hundred bucks you add the the game in there and you're you're another 50 bucks so it's like six six fifty for a two-night stay uh with a two-day water park pass for four people 
it ain't four, you know, it ain't four thousand dollars. So Barbara, it's gonna be a tough sell. Earlier that your husband was a big Star Wars fan. Is this on his list? It it is not. It is not. Wow. I mean, we we have already he's made the droid, he's made the lightsaber. We've ridden Rise of the Resistance 25 to 30 times. I just don't understand. I, I you know, it's a glorified hotel, motel. And that's kind of the issue I have with all the Disney motels. <laughs> that's what they are. Mm-hmm. And they're highly overpriced. And this is just another money grab. That's just our, our opinion of it, really. Okay. When you've already done most everything you can do in Batu, just to spend the night there is not, it's not really something we're interested in. Okay. I want to do a little sidebar here. We're going to move away from Disney World for just a moment. I want to slide over Disney Cruise Lines. Uh, As you may have heard, the Bahamian government this week announced that all visitors on cruise ship must be vaccinated if you're 12 or older in order for the cruise ship to be able to enter port. Now, in your mind, would this detour guests from sailing on a Disney cruise or any cruise for that matter? Or, and would you yourself be willing to go on a Disney cruise, not knowing for sure what ports you might see along the way? For someone who has never been on a Disney cruise, I don't care if it stays parked in the, the boat dock. I just want to get on the boat. <laughs> I have so, heard several people say same, that. Same here. Yeah, I wouldn't care if it didn't move. Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I third third that. Unfortunately, uh, that order also includes Castaway Key, because that is a Bahamian island. So Disney leases that that property; they don't own it, so it falls under Bahamian government rules. So starting, what is it, September first, I believe, that's not even an option for Disney cruises either. There's gonna be a lot of cancellations, is what I yeah. think. Uh, I, I I think that it's yeah. There's definitely people that are gonna that are gonna shy away from it. I think though. I mean, there's a lot of people that. I mean, I my my feed has been filled with people that are going on cruises. Most of them are travel agents, coincidentally. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, there there are a section of people that are like, yeah, I'm going on a cruise no, no matter what, and I'm not waiting until 2022 to do it. And that's you know, that's that's on them, right? Uh, with that said, like my aunt was stuck on a cruise ship for a while when COVID hit because she was on it like right around that March, you know, yes. 14, 15, 16. And she was stuck for, I think, like four or five extra days out to sea uh, while they tried to figure out what the heck they were going to do. Um, but yeah, I don't personally, I, you know, I, I'm not a huge cruise ship fan, but I, I do want to go on a Disney. I want to take the kids on a Disney cruise at some point, uh, even with the loaded expense of of that said experience um it is on it is on our to-do list but i can wait till after covid they're young enough that we can wait you know another two two years or whatever it's it's all good yeah well i could say if they're doing you have to be vaccinated to get on the ship without getting into the whole big debate or should you get the vaccinated should you not get vaccinated whatever right, right the fact of the matter is that's what the world is heading towards i live in new york and i think starting like next week new york city is mandating you have to be vaccinated in order to see any of the broadway shows to go into the restaurants or or whatnot so it it's just 
that's what it is. With that being said, I, I do know people and I do have a lot of friends that for their reason, they do not want to be vaccinated. And because of that, they're not going to be able to do this stuff. So right off the bat, you're you're getting rid of about like half your, your audience there that will not be able to go on the ship because they are not vaccinated and they don't want to get vaccinated. Right. So that's definitely going to be a huge hit right there. I think this is going to affect all the cruise lines, at least for now, until people get a better handle. And like you said, regardless of what people's viewpoint is on vaccination, governments have the right to make a choice to protect themselves. So I don't think any of us can fault the Bahamas or any no, other not country at all. for that matter that might follow suit. So. No, especially was, when you're talking about country, you know, countries, third world countries that you're stopping in that don't oh, yeah. necessarily have a free available, like go to your local CVS and get a shot. It's up to you right. to make that decision. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're putting a whole country at risk, uh, or at least a, a probably a greater percentage of their country than our percentage of country, uh, oh. that, that has it. So, you know, so I, I, yeah, they're, they're, uh, they're open to it. I, you know, the, the thing is, is I wouldn't be surprised though, if there's a, I want to say a healthy percentage of people that look at that and say, okay, it's time to get the shot. Then I guess if I'm going to go, I'm going on this cruise. It does not matter. I, you know, and, and you know, it's, it, it's a incentive to go do it. Well, that's, that's what they've been doing in New York. They they're trying to push you to get vaccinated so that you can do this stuff um i know i actually i have one friend she's actually up in rhode island this weekend for a she's a big soap opera fan and they're having a soap opera event and they they were insisting that she had to be vaccinated and she didn't want to and then she's like all right fine she figured out the math and she's like all right i'm going i'm getting my i got my first shot so i can go to this event so um i was gonna say i think it was last month um I was actually in my glory. Like I said, I'm in New York city. They had, um, for the weekend, they did Disney on Broadway. So four of the Disney on Broadway performers performed a concert. Um, but you had to be vaccinated when I got, I went, took my dad with me when we went to the theater, you couldn't even get into the theater to show their ticket. You had to show a vaccinate proof of vaccination first, then you did bag check, then you check the ticket. So if you did not have that vaccinated card, you were not getting it. Right. So, you know, Broadway's slowly starting to open. Um, I think a lot of shows are starting to open like next week and whatnot. They're all doing that. You need to have that card in order to get in. And one thought I had too was like with the Bahamas and a lot of those islands in the Caribbean and the Atlantic is they rely so much on the cruise industry and tourism as a whole to survive. I'm sure they did not reach this decision lightly. And I'm sure they're going to also keep following things as closely as possible because they don't want to miss out on the money that that's bringing into them. Absolutely. And kind of piggy, piggybacking off what Joe said, um, you know, yeah, they don't have CVS on every corner. Forget that. If they catch it, they don't have the, the ventilators and respirators and the hospitals and whatnot to try to keep them alive if they catch a really bad case of it. Yeah. You know, you're, you're literally talking about lives on the line here. All right. The last thing that I want to before, before you get there, Matt, uh, you know, I, I, cause I looked it up 
so the reason I've never experienced what you were saying about space uh, mission space about just going around Earth is because I've never ridden green orange as the last time I wrote it, which was I believe I wrote it in March of 2020 was still uh, the original like go to Mars and like do the crash landing thing and all that. I just assumed that they toned they still did that sequence just very toned down. You know, originally um, they did. That's true. Originally the uh, okay was toned down. It didn't have all the yaw and and bumps and curves and everything in it. Um, mm. But it was still essentially the same mission for both sides. Oh, okay. Wow, John, I'm impressed. You did orange. Oh, yeah, all the time. Yeah, all the time. It's not that bad. As long as you don't like turn. As long as I don't like turn my head, like put my head out and like turn. You know, to realize that I'm spinning around at you know at a crazy speed. Yeah, I'm the one that doesn't do teacups. I no, don't either, no I way. don't like it either. I don't like it. I don't like that either. But this, you know, it, it, it's an effect. You know, it's not. Can't think about it. <laughs> All right. Well, the big elephant on the internet, as you're probably aware of, is the up and coming Disney Genie, and more specifically, Disney Genie Plus. This is going to take effect at both Disneyland and Disney World. And we all, as you may know, the first level is free. I think it's essentially a mirror of the current My Disney Experience app. It's going to let you see uh, current and projected wait times. You can mobile order your counter meals and you can make your dining reservations on there. So that's not really a surprise and that level doesn't cost anymore. I'm glad because where we go from here, I, I'll reserve my opinion. Disney Genie Plus will be the new version of Fast Pass, but it actually more mirrors Max Pass from Disneyland. At Walt Disney World, it's going to cost $15 per day per guest. Disneyland is going to be $20 per day per guest. But it sounds like it's going to be a lot like the older Fast Pass service where you get one or two at a time, and then you got to wait your time out. Fast Pass is now being replaced by Lightning Lane. I'd like to know who comes up with these names. They could pay me half the money. I could come up with something better than that. And you make your selections. Now, one of the things I do like about this is that you can, if you're a park hopper, make a, an attraction reservation for the park you're going to in that same day. So is this going to be worth the $15 a day or the $20 if you're going to Disneyland? How many fast or lightning lane passes do you get per day? I think you can make as many as you want, but it starts with two, I think. Two. Okay. Wait, wait no, 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 no. Um, no? What they're That's doing, one thing I haven't, haven't heard. Um, from my understanding, the, um, I guess the fast, what is it they're calling it? Lightning, lightning lane, lane. now um <laughs> lightning lane is it's like the old fast pass but you know it's for i think most of the rides except yeah the big headliners i was getting to that oh sorry hey, here you head. go there's no <laughs> limit to how many you can make a, a, a day but you can only select one at a time no Jeanette, you're right on target so go right ahead with that oh okay yeah so which should which is fine um, except for it does not include, I think, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, Space Mountain, Ratatouille, uh, I think Test Track, Rise of the Resistance, Leaky Dog Dash, uh, whatever Safari. Whatever you would be your headliner. 
yeah, basically Safari. Lightning Lane won't it be included. The, the, none of those will be included. Oh no, 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 Joe! You have to pay an additional fee in order to get for those. And that's the third level of Disney Genie, is that those will be a per attraction charge per day. I think you get two or something. I don't fully. Yeah, you can. They, you they can haven't actually announced it I, yet. As best as I could figure out when I read through this, getting getting ready for this, you can do two of those a day well and i mean most parks only have like two you know most popular right. attractions anyway and the one thing i wasn't clear about on this level was whether or not you could do one in the park you're in now and one in the park you're going to hop to later that part was un unclear but i'm guessing since you can do it for the lower level i would assume that would be applied here as well it says, uh, will Genie Plus and or li individual Lightning Lane attractions work with park hopping? Yes, you will be able to reserve attractions after 2 p.m. in a different park than the one you started your day in. Park hopping with Genie Plus and or individual Lightning Lane attraction purchases will follow all the normal rules of all three. Park, uh, park hopping, Genie Plus, and lightning lane see i was not aware like i knew about you know um was it shanghai and and now disney yeah. paris having individual prices which i mean some of those prices for individual uh fast passes or or if, if it's called lightning lane there now uh was like up to like 20 dollars, 25 dollars, like per person per ride like wow that's uh that's getting a little on the steep side for me barb what are you thinking I have kind of two schools of thought on the whole thing. Um, because of our personal schedule, we, we used to go almost weekly, but because of work schedules and so on, we're going like once a month. If there's something we really want to do, maybe once a month, we might go ahead and pay for the lightning pass so we can get in and out and then do whatever else we want to do that day. But I can't imagine doing it every time. I can't imagine you've already, if you're just coming down from out of state, you're paying for your five-day pass. And then they're asking you to spend another $200 for more. And then per ride, more. I, I'm, I'm just undecided about the whole thing. I can see it would work for us sometimes. And we might utilize it. But I can't imagine when I have all my kids and my grandkids down here, there's no way. There's absolutely no way. And the other thing you have to remember, too, is you can't make any of these reservations until you're actually in the park. In the park, right. So it's not like the old fast. Right now, where we're able to, if we decide we're going over there, we, I have literally made my Rise of the Resistance reservations in bed. Mm -hmm. Oh, we got one. Let's go. And we get in the car and go. You know, we can't do that now, apparently. Right. We so, have to drive over there first. Well, from what so, I understand, Rise okay. is still going to be virtual. virtual. We're still okay. going to be able to do that. But it's also going to be available on Lightning Lane. So if you don't get it on virtual queue, you might have a chance of getting it that way. And I can see where some people might pay for that particular attraction because it's a hot ticket item right now. Right. There's so many times I see in, in the passholder groups, 
oh my gosh, we made this trip down and we didn't get to ride that ride, whatever ride it is, the big ride that they wanted to ride. So I can see maybe they're going to want to pay that extra 20, 30 bucks, right. but not on a consistent basis. Uh, I'm just so sick of these upcharges and you know, you, you already spend a ton of money just to walk through the door. Now you have to pay more money to actually go on the rides. And quite frankly, I've been really enjoying no fast passes. I like not having to worry about booking them. And the lines haven't been that terrible. They've been moving a lot quicker because when you had all the fast passes, one, there was always the fast pass line was like backed up. And by the time you get on, you're waiting almost as long as you would if you were waiting on the right. regular standby line. That's true. So, I mean, I wish they would just get rid of it altogether, you know, like just, you know, keep it for those that, that need it with the, the, the DAS pass and, and whatnot, but I, so tired of it all, but yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. You're, you're spending a small fortune just to walk through the door and now you're, you're going to spend an additional like 20 bucks just to, per person to ride Rise of the Resistance. No, thank you. I'm not, I'm not spending. I have a question. I do not, I have not been to Universal, but I understand that they do this. There they, are special prices for certain rides. Is that correct? They have like a express pass or something like that. I, I kind of did it once. I had gone with a friend, um, but we spent the night at one of their resort. I think it was like Pacific Royale. I guess it's like the equivalency of like the Polynesian. Yeah. And it came with the fast past thing so we were able to cut all the lines which was great because this is really my first time there um since then i've never used it but you know you can buy it for like x amount of money so to answer that question that's universal express uh it's so there's there's two tiers effectively um there's the universal express and the uh universal express unlimited the uh express is 69.99 for per person plus tax one park uh skip the regular lines one time per participating ride at universal studios and universal's islands of adventure uh the unlimited is skip the regular lines an unlimited number of times at participating rides uh at at uh both parks and that's 89.99 the thing about that is we uh i bought that once um, we got there. We were only going to be in both. We did both parks one day, so we weren't going to be there for two days. And we didn't even really need it for a while. <laughs> like it helped you get so far ahead uh, of the rest of the crowds coming in behind us because we got there first thing in the morning, like right at Road Trap, and there wasn't really any lines anyway. But it helped us get so far ahead that by the end of the day, like we got through the parks by like four o'clock. It was like, oh, we already we did everything like and we didn't even necessarily need it. Like we could have just stood in line for a couple of things. But the thing is, every minute that you wait, there's more people coming in behind you that right. fill in the lines. And it's like if you you use it and you want to go to both parks in one day, that's fine. So it's sixty nine ninety nine. It's expensive but it's for both parks so if you broke that out to two, you know it's 35 dollars a park and you could it effectively saves you from having to go back a second day if you're only there for one day and only there to do the rides which at universal i mean i'm mostly that you know most people are there to do the rides i mean there's shows but they're not you're not waiting in line for characters for them i mean there's a couple handful of characters there but you're not that's not like it's not like disney um so to go back to the 
to the Disney job. I mean, my joke is I don't remember the part of Aladdin where uh, Aladdin had to pay the genie to get wishes. <laughs> and that part eludes me. Uh, I don't. I mean, I just watched Aladdin not that long ago with my kids for the first time for, with them. So uh, I don't remember that part in the movie. But I think uh, this. I, I think that the having like to me, there it's it's confusing. And I'm a tech person. I am a avid Disney fan. Um, and I think it's, I think it's confusing for me. I think that, you know, the, my Disney experience thing was already confusing enough. And now you've added a third option that, you know, so, so am I, and I'm trying to read it. I was trying to read it as both of you, all three of you were talking. Um, are you, so you can, the lightning lane you're paying individually for, right? So that's, yeah. So that's, uh, that's wow. Okay. And the Genie Plus apparently is there. The guesstimate here on DisneyTouristBlog.com is that it's going to be like 150 to 200 dollar uh, upcharge for your annual pass to get to get Genie Plus, uh, you know, for the entirety of the year. Uh, I I think one of the things that come to mind is is that this is a really terrible time to be trying to roll it out i know that we're in COVID, so it it, it, it kind of makes sense but also you're butting up against the 50th anniversary when you expected over the next 18 months starting in october that it's going to be flooded with people um and you're changing over systems during that time like that's the time that you choose and i mean obviously the reason is so that they have more potential to cash in and help gain some traction considering the fact that they've fallen behind so much leading up to like today with you know the last year and a half and covid and all that so i like i like i'm conflicted and from a business standpoint like is it really that smart of a move um, I mean, I remember being with my mom down in Disney in 2012, I think it was, or 2011. And uh, I think that was, was that just before the My Disney Magic Experience or app like became a thing? They still had paper fast passes. Yeah. Whenever, whenever they still have paper, maybe it was 09 or, or 10. I don't know. Whenever there was still paper, fa she didn't figure out that there was paper, paper fast passes until like the end of our trip. And I'm like, what did you like? You didn't know, like we were, I, you know, she didn't, didn't know that, that that was part of her, what she paid for. Right. Let alone putting an app in her hand to try to figure out and like navigate through that. Now you're making it even more of a phone experience, which is really odd because uh it, it, there's always a constant war between the imagineers and like literally everybody else in disney it's like you know we don't want people and i know nobody can see me except the three of you like looking down in their phone you know we want them looking at the cues and the experience and, and and immersed in all that and like here we are like pushing them even further into that and now we're monetizing that experience even to that next level i think the branding thing i mean Look, using the genie, ah, it feels kind of not great considering Robin Williams and his stance and the fact that they kind of, I don't want to say screwed him over because he took the deal to be genie, but ultimately they didn't do him right after the fact when they were like, oh, we got this big hit. Like, hey, you're coming back, right? Well, we're not paying you for it. No, 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 no. Um, you know, so th there's a lot of little things that go into my mind with that. I think ultimately, you know, when you, when I think of the genie experience and, and listening to, uh, you know, Disney dish, it sounds to me like this, uh, the genie app is, is basically touring plans. Oh yeah. But 
but <laughs> is it real? Because Disney's been known to guess their numbers to push people in certain directions. And that's what the whole point of the genie is to come up and say, hey, we know you're on this side of the park. Why don't you go to the other side of the park and we can get you into this ride like right away. Right. And that's the that's the intent. Um, and then having the, the genie plus, I guess that so genie plus gives you access to the lightning lane. Lightning lanes are a replacement for fast pass entrances. These are physical queues or lines who, uh, for those who have purchased Genie Plus or the okay. So, so Lightning it can be a la carte as you guys right. said earlier, or it's basically the option to get into fa the fast pass. The other thing is, is having to make those fast passes like first thing in the morning kind of stinks. Um, when you're like waking up early to make sure that you got to, to, to get on the rides that you want to get on. Ultimately, though, I think long term here, other than the fact that I think it's a really not great time to be introducing this, um, you know, Jeanette, you brought up a great point about the fact that, look, with no fast pass, the lines move faster. It's not as bad, blah, blah, blah. Like there's a lot of good things that come from not having those fast passes in general. What I mean, one of the downsides, though, is lack of income all revenue on their part, right? Because you have people in lines versus being in the shops versus, you know, buying snacks, well, et cetera. Regardless, et cetera. you're still going to have people online, whether you have a fast pass or not, people are going to be on the line. Well, yeah, but they're in line a lot less. So that means they're in the shops a lot more. It's plus it's, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to say safety thing, but, but it's a, it's a, a logistics thing of keeping people cycling through the park and making sure that they get, you know, people feel like they get their, their worth when they get 10, you know, 10, was it was eight right. to 10 rides in a day. Right. That's, that's the magic number. So magic number, genie at all, blah, blah, blah. Ooh. But, um, I, yeah, I, I, I'm not opposed to them selling the fast pass thing. I mean, what's, what really stinks though is, is, the, is this is just the beginning and we're not even starting at a, tangible like a low like introductory price like oh you want to jump on this it's it's you know three dollars right it's it, it's a dollar fifty it's this or that i mean because like let's face it most people are going there with you know two four six eight people in a party those that three dollars adds up real quick when we start talking talking about like twenty dollars it's like now with that said i don't know i think you know, Rise of the Resistance, I have yet to be on it. It was uh, just opening when I was there in March of 2020, or it just opened, I think. It was open at that point. Yeah, yeah it was but open. We, yeah, so I, we, but we met, we, we had, we weren't able to, to make that happen. But um, I, I mean, would I pay 20 bucks for myself to go and ride it? Absolutely. Would I pay $50 to ride it, as I've heard the number, no. that number thrown around? Probably not. Most likely not. I don't, yeah, it would have to. I would have to get like the T-shirt after I get off the ride to justify, yeah. you know, the extra twenty to twenty-five, thirty dollars that I wouldn't be willing to pay otherwise uh, for that experience. So I, you know, at some point it may get to that point, but they also might find that people just don't end up paying for it by and large, right? Like. There's going to be only a small subsection. I mean, one of the things like VIP tours, right? That price has gone up to $850 an hour for VIP tours. But there's still people that there's plenty of people that are willing to pay that. And it's it's available. So I'm not opposed to the Genie thing. I'm interested to see how it like starts to shake out and and the bugs and things like that. But I, I just I feel for the cast members. Let's let's give a, 
a, a, a, a, a moment of silence for them because they are the ones that are going to be on the front lines trying to explain why the app doesn't work. I mean, we were there with the mat, you know, when the first mat, my magic experience, whatever well, app that it's was called. ridiculous. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I stood in line and they were like, oh, and oh, how many people have you had to delete off your account because you had, you know, fake people or underage people created who are now of age at the, you know, uh, two or three years later and you have all these people that don't like they have their account now but at the time they didn't because well you know grandmom doesn't know how to use an app so we had yep. to create a fake account for her at the time back in you know 2010 2011 2012 whatever it was and now it's like eight years later and and they can't get we can't get them on our ride because it, it signed up for the fake account or the the guest account instead of that person's name I actually have to call tomorrow because I'm going in October with the friends. Um, I, she booked it and everything. And I said, who am I kidding? I'm joining you. So her friend is a cast member who booked it. We're staying at Art of Animation. Um, and on my Disney experience, I'm on the reservation as Jeanette P. So my icon is like the blue Mickey with, with no on. So I got a call up tomorrow because I started making the park reservations and realized, wait a second, these are going to be my AP reservations and not the thing, you know, my little Ariel icon is not there. So I need to call up and get myself connected and whatnot. Pain in the butt. It is. It is. I mean, God help you for having to call customer service because I mean, oh, we yeah. sat on hold for like three hours before. <laughs> and and I, what I wanted to say before is um you know disney's new you know mentality is you know we're the annual pass holders were not you know lucrative enough for them anymore you know the diehard fans so they are now aiming for the one and dones the one that's going to spend ten thousand dollars at the grand floridian for their one-time trip i guarantee you these you know these people don't know any better and that's what disney keeps doing they keep all oh, the upcharge the upcharge okay just add it to the bill add it to the bill these guys are not going to have any clue how to use the app. They, There's they only so many of those people. Completely clueless. There's only so many of those people that that are willing to pay ten thousand dollars and then you know keep the pipeline of you know filled with that amount of people. There's just only so many of them because those people will also go you know other places. But that's, you know they will go on bigger you know cruises. They will go on you know maybe the Disney um, Adventures by Disney thing or something. I I think. You know, at the end of the day here, I um, this is the this is the wrong conversation for Disney to 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 be beholden to. You know, nobody nobody should be talking about how much it cost to go to Disney. That that's not part of the conversation, right? That's not how we ended up with the way the the, the setup is now, right? That's or uh, uh, with the A B C D E tickets, right? So you don't constantly buying tickets like I'm at the fair or I'm at the you know in my case the Jersey Shore and and on the, you know going on the rides and stuff with the and all that. So it's 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 absolutely heading in the wrong direction the one glimmer of light is that if bob chapex really if he's really not the answer here um he's on a short leash he i think well another year or two years they're going to review his uh his his ceo position to see if it's he's still a good fit well and look i i'm all for like them trying to make more money and try to figure it out i'm not for them cutting thirty thousand jobs and uh so, and, and then like i don't know what a couple months later like oh yeah bob check bought you know some massive house and yeah, oh by the yeah. way we're giving away a room one night room to all the cast members like Ooh. 
hooray yeah. for them. It was so that they could test their systems and get things, you know, the, the wheels grease they, to get it going again. They don't care. And I mean, you know, we could just go on a tangent that, you know, welcome to corporate America, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, but but it does it does put, you know, it, it does help move the economy, right? So so for better, for worse, it does. But like I said, at the end of the day, this is the wrong conversation that Disney wants anybody to be having. And and I think it's so important, you know, uh, Matt, you having us here to talk about this is, um, I, I mean, it's it's da- it's damaging or, you know, in and of itself, just just in that, like, it's part of the, it's part of the conversation. It's not like, oh, yeah, Disney, it's kind of pricey, but, you know, you get the magical experience, you get all that stuff. It's not like, ooh, because, you know, like I stopped I stopped buying the annual pass I or I gave pause to giving to getting annual passes when it when it hit us past a certain thrush point. I think it was like 700 bucks or something like that. When it hit that price, I was like, "Yeah, am I, I, I'm definitely am I coming back? Because because if I'm not, I'm not going to invent trips just to come back. Like, I, you know, I is there specific things I'm going to come back for and make the most out of this money? And now that it's like twelve hundred bucks, like I might buy one if there was if I was going to run a race, go on a family vacation, and if I was going to be know that I was going to be in Orlando for something else and pop into the park. Like if I hit all three of those marks, or maybe even four marks like that." then yeah, okay, I'll buy one for myself. I'll pay for the tickets for my wife and the kids to come on that one trip. Yeah, it, it's the price has gone ridiculous. I mean, that this is where I'm like, thank goodness I did DVC when I did back in 2011 because at least that's affordable with the renewal rate. And what I basically do is I, I use my Disney Visa card all the time. So I get the points and then whatever, you know, usually I'll have like $250, $300 worth of points that goes right to the AP. So that slashes it down right there and whatever random gift cards I got for my birthday or whatnot will help, you know, bring the cost down. So that's how I'm able to do it. Cause at least the DVC renewal is not terrible. I think it's like six, 700 compared to the $1,200. That's much more reasonable. I could buy yeah. two tickets for the price of one, of one yeah. otherwise, you know? Yeah. So, but yeah, it's, you know, kind of going back to everything. I, I am just really tired of them charging a premium for stuff that used to be free like i i i don't like you know even going back to the parties and the after hour stuff it angers me because that's nights that the magic kingdom is now no longer open late for you know the regular guest you know have to pay to stay to be in the park at night you know the fast passes that used to be free now we are charging for it you know, parking at the resorts used to be free. Now we're charging for it. It's it's just it's enough already. They want to sell and the I'm, parks as many times as they can. It's their big fish. You know, you, there's only so many plushies people are going to buy in a day. <laughs> but if you could sell the park twice, you know how you know how many plushies do you have to sell to equate to you know they bought their ticket for the day plus they're buying a hundred and thirty, hundred and fifty, hundred and eighty dollar, two hundred and fifty dollar ticket to be at the park again on the same day so like we gotta they you know that that's the way they say it is they gotta find a way to sell the parks you know if they could sell it three times in a day they would you know but right it's, now they, they i ridiculous. think i mean i imagine they still have a staffing shortage which creates a a problem with having those super late nights and not having enough time with the amount of people that they have to get the park clean and ready 
for the first thing in the morning. So when that, you know, kicks in once that, once they finally get all that, those, those things sorted out, that's going to be a whole like, all right, we'll, we'll do the, we'll do the extra morning hours, you know, I mean, well, they talked about that, right? Um, they're, they're now they, doing if the, you say, um, if you say to Disney, Deluxe, report, you get uh-huh. 30 minutes in the morning, everybody does. That'll uh, probably go up to an hour once the, want, the staffing shortage. If you want any extra time after the parks close, you have to stay at deluxe level or above. So uh, which is, there's nothing above. Oh, I guess the has well, the, villas, <laughs> the villas and all that other stuff. You know, those are considered a little like deluxe villas and all above that. that yeah, no, so, that's a good point. And, and for me know, personally, the irony is not lost because, like I said, I'm DVC, so I always stay at DVC. I'm going to be at Bay Lake next week. I already booked Bay Lake for uh, the princess in February, but I'm going, this whole thing starts October 1st. I'm going the end of October with my friend. We're staying at Art of Animation. So I don't qualify for that because I'm not staying in DVC. And this is the first time I haven't done DVC and I can't remember how long. So, so. If, you, if you think back a little bit, just a, if you look at the evolution of Disney, Michael Eisner first had the idea, if I'm remembering correctly, of making Disney World a place where people could come and just be. You know, it was his idea to have to build these resorts, to give them places to stay on property. Um, He paid attention to the parks. He worked hard to make sure that they had things that would attract people in. I think he may be the one who started the extra magic hours, you know, and then you work your way up through to the current day where with Bob Payton, uh, yeah, somebody called him Bob. Pay- somebody called him Bob Paycheck the other day, and I had to. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> and if she listen, if she's listening, I'll give her credit for it later. Um, but he seems to be more concerned about what the stockholders want, which is that bottom line. So, as a way to wrap up this discussion, because we've really gone long, is. How do families who are struggling to make ends meet but want to take a Disney vacation able to do this? They don't. They don't. And is that Disney's aim at this point? Yep. Crowd control. So I'll take the contrarian here. I think that they do, they just take a lot less, you know, instead of being a once a year or once every two years, it turns to once every three, four, five, six years, once in a lifetime, or maybe two, you know, two or three times in a lifetime. Right. And, and they did, you know, the, I think it's really short-sighted, um, you know, I, I get the annual pass holders are not the most lucrative. We're not in there buying all the plush all of the time. We're not buying all the snacks all of the time. And, you know, we, we, we just, we just are. And, and part of the reason is because we're coming so often. Right. And we're, we're filling in the park and that's part of why you look at Disneyland and they've changed, you know, they're changing how they, uh, their annual passes uh, operate. And, and I'm sure uh, I'm surprised actually that they haven't announced the new annual pass system for, for uh for disney world just yet but i'm I'm sure it's not far from now um scared yeah i don't i don't blame you but you live in florida right barbara i do so you'll have some kind of discount some opportunity to to be able to buy even if it's like hey you can come on like every tuesday every tuesday of the month except for like these 
you know, eight Tuesdays a year. Exactly. Um, exactly. We don't have that, you know, outside of the state, we don't have that ability to do that uh, as a, as a, you know, a cheaper alternative to still be able to get our Disney fix and put up with the, the traffic of the local traffic and the local things that come with being outside of a Disney park. But, um, you know, I, I really, I, 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 I think that, you know, I think it's a really short term gain. Again, I, I go back. I think this is the wrong conversation that Disney wants people to be having. Um, but it's, a, it's, it's very, it's very real and it's very understandable. And, and I mean, look, it wasn't that long ago that we were talking about like, Ooh, who's going to be the first to go to a hundred dollars for a day in the park, you know, and, and Disney didn't want to get everyone up to the line, but nobody wanted to cross that line. And, and now it went from being, you know, or went from being like one price increase a year for ticket prices to lit, like two, even I think three is what I've seen uh, in, in a year and, and fluctuating prices. So like every, you know, you don't know what you're going to pay when you, you go there. Uh, depend, it depends on the day of the year, <laughs> you know, um, which I How don't the planets align in the sky. Well, well, I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't necessarily disagree with that. And to a certain extent, like nobody, very few people are buying that single day pass. And if you are buying a single day pass, is there really that much of a difference between a $99 ticket and a $108 ticket? It's eight. If $8 is keeping you away from the park, you know, maybe you shouldn't think about going there right like if it's that if it's a, if it's that bridge too far it's when you know it's 10 it's years from now it'll be 135 and 145 155 like i'm sorry what did you say Jeanette? oh i said i think it's more principle of the matter yeah no i i i i get it i but, it, but again it, it attracts the wrong headlines just like you know genie plus just like bob chapek getting the house in the wrong the wrong time uh just like uh the halcyon is that how you say it Hal, halcyon yeah. halcyon halcyon uh, halcyon close enough halcyon you know be driving the headlines and and you know oh it's gonna cost you four thousand dollars to, to, to have two you know is it two nights or one night it's a two, two night experience. Two, two night experience. But you, yeah. but you check in like at like four, four or five o'clock. Yeah. The, yeah. the first day you got the and whole you, second day you, and then the I third you day you check, check out, out like, like at 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's definitely going in the wrong direction um, more rapidly than it probably should or needs to. Uh, and, and, you know, Disney probably sees, I would like to think that they see genie, you know, genie as an opportunity to kind of crowd control and move people around the park a, a better and offer better staffing, more efficiency, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. You do some cross training. If you know that people are going to be at Epcot in that particular day versus being like, oh, there's like going to be nobody at Animal Kingdom that day. We, we do enough cross training. We can get people to do, you know, run the rides and, and do the things and, and have a really well-oiled machine there um well, we can have the already... right amount of food right you know have the right amount of plush you can there's so many things you could do when you, you actually know where people are going to be when they're going to be there right. well um, i was going to say that that comes into play whether epcot's busier than animal kingdom because of the whole stupid park reservation thing i get it from the covid standpoint but it's such a pain in the butt you know, having yeah. to know where I'm going to be. I'm like, I don't know. I just, I wake up. I'm like, oh, what park do I want to go to? But we're annual pass holders. We're different. We are not, 
you know, we're in the, the very minority of the oh, people, yeah. you know, and, and, and that's the thing. So I don't think that they necessarily want to squash the, the annual pass holders, but they're, they're playing up to the, you know, to the bulk of the people that are going and they're trying to maximize that. Like I said, you sell the park multiple times a day. That's the biggest thing that people are going to pay for. You know, you guys sell a lot more plush. That means you got to order that much more plush. That means you got to get that, you know, on that many more shipping containers and 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 people to unload it and all that and all this cost for us. It's like we already have the park. We already have the people there. We just got to make sure that we have people staff to clean and and operate the rides and 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 the cashiers and stuff. And if we could sell that two or three times a day, like oh man, we're gonna just crush it. So I don't love it, but it's the way it is. And but I, I you know, I think. Um, not even think I know it has it has given me pause, not just COVID, but the price, you know, I like I said earlier, like four or five thousand dollars for a family of four to go, even to stay up hot like, you know, all star is is tough. Like what happened to like the two thousand dollar, like, hey, come on down, you get like five nights, you know, four four or four nights, five days or five nights, six days, and and you get the you know, at least some kind of food package in there, a dining plan, you know, basic dining plan. Uh, and, and it's like two grand for a family of four to go. And then you add the flights and it's like, okay, it's an extra thousand bucks. So it's three grand versus like four or five, you know, it starts getting out there. It's like, there's a lot of other things that we could go do than, than Disney. I, I don't envy you with the family of four having to pay for everybody. No, me neither. I did it with a family of five and it hurt. I bet. <laughs> Actually, our I last bet. trip, we had six people in a family suite at Art of Animation that weren't cheap. But the one thing I guess I like about the way things are right now is I don't have to plan my meals six months out. Two That's months good. was hard. Yeah. Two months was hard enough to get what I wanted. So <laughs> but I want to thank you all for coming on. It's been an interesting discussion. Certainly a lot to think about, a lot to maybe take a knee and say a little prayer for. Um one last personal note I just want to add, and I've said this on my podcast before. If Walt Disney were still around, I don't think he would support this type of direction. I have Not to imagine close. I have to imagine that while he was sitting on that bench at Griffith Park, watching his girls on that carousel, he had to have the thought that well, it's been said that he thought that families should be able to have a place to go and spend time together. He didn't say they should have a place to go and spend money together. Now, you know, Roy was the money guy and, but I don't even think he would go this extreme if he were still around. He wouldn't want anybody priced out of the ability to come to a Disney park and enjoy their time with their family. And it saddens me that there's nobody in the Disney family right now that has the capability of stepping back in and trying to do what we might consider to be the right thing. But that said, it is what it is. We're kind of stuck with it for this time. Maybe they'll come up with some specials to help offset some of these costs and stuff. Only time, only time will tell. Um, the 50th anniversary is definitely going to put a different kind of focus on all of it. So I'm interested to see what it's going to be like. I'm looking forward to being there in a couple of weeks. I won't be there for the 50th, but at least I'll get to see 
quite a bit of the decoration and stuff that's up for it. So I'm really looking forward to that. And for me personally, it's been almost eight years since my last visit. Oh, wow. So it's going to be like walking in brand new again. But that wasn't totally on me. I mean, we had planned, my daughter and I had originally planned going to Disneyland like a year and a half ago. And then we delayed it because we wanted to make sure we had the money for the airfare because, my gosh, what it costs to fly out there. <laughs> and then COVID hit. And I delayed our, our trip two more times with Disney. And then finally, she looked at me one morning at breakfast and said, hey, Dad, for what we're paying at Disneyland, what can we do at Disney World? I said, a week. She's like, let's go for that. So that's why we're coming back to Disney World. But I want to thank you all for joining me. Uh, Barbara, it's been a great pleasure meeting you face-to-face. -face. We've been Facebook. You too. Um, I hope we get to do this again sometime. It is a lot of fun. Thanks for having us. This was a yeah, lot of fun. Yeah, thank you for having it me. Was great. I, I really appreciate you as well. Again, the first time. In fact, when you messaged me yesterday, I'm like, I don't even know this girl, but I'm <laughs> I'm glad we're getting to know each other. I like you. I was just scrolling on Facebook. Who wants to talk Disney? Yes. <laughs> I mean, everything, right? And Joe, well, you are probably, no, you're one of my heroes. You gave me a lot of great advice when I first started doing this crazy stuff. And I definitely appreciate you being here. Oh, I'm happy. I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much. It's an honor to get to be here. So thank you all for your help. And, uh, We'll do this again sometime. You can listen to Disney Conversations, a Disney fan podcast, on all of the major podcast platforms. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, would you mind stopping by and leaving us a five-star rating? It would be a tremendous help. If you would like to support the show, please visit Magical Matthew Travel, where you will get your free, no-obligation quote for Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Lines, and Adventures by Disney. Contact them today at magical underscore Matthew at Outlook.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Until then, TTFN. <laughs>